Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. We're going to get started today with shifting, shifting on purpose or shifting our faith. Last week was shifting on purpose. Today is shifting our faith. Everybody say that with me. Shift our faith. One of the things that and I mentioned at the outset that we realize in our day and age that we're being attacked. I mentioned this in our Zoom Bible study. I mentioned it, I believe, last week. But our faith is being attacked like never before. And I'm talking about the Christian world at large, the Christian church at large, not just our church, but our, our privileges, the rights that we've had. And they're really rights that we have, not just the privilege. God has given us the privilege to worship Him. Amen? We, we've been granted that privilege. And in our country... Our governor, and I'm not turning this into a political statement, but we all have the right to worship, sing, chant if you want to, but we have the right to do that anywhere we want. Amen? And nobody can take that right away from you. Nobody can take that right away from you, just so you know that. But despite what Governor Newsom says, or anybody, any elected official, we will sing. Amen? We will shout. We will, we will make noise because we are people of faith. So today, as we get into this uh, part two of this series, I've titled it Shift Your Faith, Shift Our our Faith. And today, as I speak to you on on faith, I want to remind you again what the word shift means. It means to move or to cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. Now, that's important because I, I want to talk to you about faith moving your faith, shifting your faith. And I believe every one of you have a faith. You wouldn't be here if you weren't, obviously. But how many know that there's growth in faith? Uh, If you look back at your life, you may not be the same person you were six months ago in your faith or six years ago. You Hopefully, you're taking these steps. It's like a staircase. And every step you take, it's a growth in faith. That's the shift I'm talking about. We have to learn to shift. We have to be shifting, especially in this world that we live in. Amen? I want to read uh, from Psalms chapter 56. And this is the Passion uh, Translation. Psalm chapter 56 and verse 9. One verse, but listen to these words. And it's the same verse we read last week. It's going to be the same verse we use for this sermon series. Here it is. The very moment I call you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns or shifts and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Amen. God is on my side. But here's the important part that we need to grasp. The minute, the moment, the second I call for my father, he's there to help me. He's there to help me. You know, and and I think we get caught up so many times in our situations with life. We try to do things on our own that the last resort is calling our father, our spiritual father. When we were kids and we had a need, what did we do? If you had a a father in your home, you called your father. You said, Dad, I need your help. Pops, I need your help. Daddy, father, papa, whatever you called him, you said, I need your help. And 
if he was a good, loving father, he would have helped you. Amen? Are you thankful today that God is on your side? That your heavenly father is on your side? Amen. He is on your side. Shifting into faith. Faith is the most crucial aspect to being a believer. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. Faith can come in many different forms and shapes. I'm talking about personal faith. Some of you here today may have faith to believe for somebody to be healed, to pray over somebody, a complete stranger, and believe that God can heal them there on the moment, at that spot. Others of you may have faith to just barely crawl into church building today and say, Lord, I'm here. I made it. You know, there's varying degrees of faith and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as we're advancing, as long as we're growing, as long as we're maturing. Amen. Amen. There's different levels of faith. So don't ever let somebody make you feel beat up because your faith isn't comparable to that other person. You're you. I'm me. And that person sitting next to you is that person. Each of us have different levels of faith. It also says this in the book of Romans, it says that your faith that or that our salvation comes by faith. Amen. It comes by faith. The Bible says in Romans in chapter 10 that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. Oh, you mean I don't have to go and shake the pastor's hand and um, and, and, get, and get baptized right away to, to be saved? No, the Bible doesn't say that. Those are things that you can do afterwards. But to be saved, it's an act of faith. It's believing that God, that God exists, number one. It's believing that he's real, that he loves you. And it's believing that in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. Amen. This is called a saving faith. It goes on to say in that same chapter, for it is with your mouth that you press your profess your faith and are saved. It is with your mouth. There's something about declaring your faith to others. Have you noticed that when you witness to somebody and all of a sudden you begin to share what God's done in your life? Maybe he pulled you out of a situation. Maybe he healed you in a particular situation and, and you can feel your faith just rising and rising. Or maybe it's when you hear somebody declaring the works of God and you feel your faith rising. It's not by accident. God intended that. It is, it is what you profess, amen, that declares your faith. Again, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, we know this. If you're a student of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11 is called the faith chapter. It's where the great heroes of faith are mentioned. I would encourage all of you to read this on your own time. And, and it talks about faith, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But here's what I want. To, the gist of my message is this. This is what I want you to hear. Faith without actions is dead. Can I get an amen? amen? Faith without actions is dead. Faith in doing something with what I hear. What I hear. Am I just hearing it, letting it go in one ear and out the other? Can I, and, and am I saying amen? It sounds good, but I don't do anything about it. You know, the, the book of James, and I'm getting ahead of myself, 
says this. It compares faith to the man that looks in the mirror, gets up, looks in the mirror, sees what he has to do, like Brother Gregory, who called me out last week and said, yeah, I saw Pastor Rick, and his hair was uh, standing on fire like a troll doll, because that's what it looked like. And, uh, and, 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 and so if I looked in the mirror, and if I didn't do anything about it, if I just went about my day, you know, all of us look in the mirror in the morning and go, ooh, and we take care of business, right? We fix ourselves up to make ourselves presentable. Faith and, and works work the same way. If you see something that you know needs to be done, you do it. So I'm talking about God's word here today, amen? My hope as a pastor Every single Sunday, every single time we have a small group, a Bible study, is that you would hear the word and that it would transform your way of thinking to the way God intended it. Because here's, here's what I know. For 20-something years, the world shaped my way of thinking. The world's way of thinking is opposed to what the word of God says. You know that? The way of the world is very different I'm here to teach you, every church should be here to teach you what the Word of God says. Amen? See, my hope is that you all grow and live out your lives according to the promises that are found in God's Word. That's called faith and action. We live in a world today that desperately needs God. We desperately need God every day of our lives now. Everywhere we go, we could come into an an encounter, a demonic attack from somebody, and we have to be prepared. We have to, are you, are you ready to live out your faith is what I'm saying. Are you living it out, and are you able to? We live in a fall, fallen world, which we know. We live in a world that right now, and we see this every day, is filled with hate and division. Hate and division, division and hate. Everywhere you go, it seems like every topic you talk about eventually goes back to that topic of division and hate. Now, that's not by accident. The enemy, who we we mentioned last week, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, wants to divide you. It starts with your family. He wants to put a a, a, a shaft of separation right between you and and your loved ones your children, your grandchildren, your parents. He wants to divide you. That's his goal. But we, on the other hand, we know this. And we know that racism, which, which is alive and well in this world that we live in, unfortunately, racism isn't going to go away overnight. In fact, I, I would say it will never go away. And I think you would agree with me. It will never go away because, number one, it's a sin problem. It's a heart issue. And the only way true racism gets eradicated, it gets, gets removed, is for that person, whether it's a man, a female, whoever, comes to the Lord and says, Lord, fix my heart. Fix my heart. Fix my stinking way of thinking. Amen? That's the only way racism will be eliminated. Until mankind receives Christ, man will continue to divide, to hate, to promote division. The word of God, on the other hand, teaches us to love all of mankind. Look at your neighbor and says, I'm to love you. I'm to love you. Even if you are Raider fans, I'm to love you. I'm to love you. Amen. And every Niner fan said, "Mm -hmm." here's, here's the question I have for you this, this afternoon. 
Are you showing actions in your life of faith? Our faith should coincide with our works, are they? Uh, if you say you believe this or that, that the Bible mentions, are you living that out? Are, you, are your actions backing that up? When, when you say, I love my wife, are you showing her love? Are you being respectful to her? Uh, when the Bible says to love others, do you just love those people, but you don't love these people? You know, the Bible says, love everybody. You can't pick and choose. You don't have that choice. You as a believer are commanded to love one another. Amen? Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. This is the NIV version. It says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul, who wrote this, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's pulling in your senses. You know why? Because when we walk around in this life, we're pulled by our senses. Our senses dictate to us what we think is right, what we see, what we hear, we, especially by what we see. We determine what's right. But Paul here is reminding us, no, 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 that's, that's backwards. We walk by faith, not by sight. It may look like it's an impossible situation in your family right now. It may look like it's an impossible situation to overcome that bill that you're faced with. It may look like it's an impossible health situation. But I want to remind you that we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul again, is, is, uh, he goes on to contribute some, so much more in that chapter. But on the other hand, listen to this about faith. If I ask people, not, not in here, but if I ask people out at Walmart today, hey, what kind of faith do you have? And they might tell me, well, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Mormon, I'm a Methodist. They're, they're thinking I'm talking about that because people immediately go to what I am. God wants you to be a believer, amen? Can we just settle that? God wants you to be a believer, a Christian believer. We, we throw these titles or these denominations in there like that's what's going to save us. That doesn't save you. God wants a relationship with you, amen? Here's, here's also what I know. Faith is actually what I believe in the word of God and how it influences my life. Let me repeat that again. Faith is actually what I believe in the word of God and how it influences in my life. Another way to put it is what I hear in scripture and how I act it out in my life. And I mentioned the Bible says to love your spouse. Are you loving your spouse? Or is it behind, once you get home, you're, you're disrespecting each other, crossing that line and, and yelling at each other, using foul language, I mean that, which is the worst thing you could ever do. Don't disrespect each other. Once you cross that line, it's very, very difficult to get back to where you should be. Amen? That was free right there. Let me, let me mention this to you, three quick things. God is light and in Him there's no darkness. If we're pursuing God Almighty as believers, and if we're sincere about that, then our actions should show that we are seeking the light. Because there, there's no darkness in God, only light. God is light. This should cause each of us to seek light, to seek truth. Secondly, God is life, L-I-F-E. In Him there's no death. 
The beautiful thing about a believer when they pass from this life, and there could be tragic or tragedy, sorrow, and all that, but the beautiful thing that when a believer passes from this life, they're immediately in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says. Paul, on another, in another place, noted this. He said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He told us that if you're no longer here in this body, if you're dead, if you die, you are now in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Now, that's a beautiful thought for those loved ones of ours that have gone on. Amen. The third point I want to bring up is God is love. In Him, there is no hate. What's the world showing us right now? Hate, division, racism. That's not of God. Know this, that when you see that, it's not a God. And anybody affiliated or associated with that is not a God. Now, can they be turned around? Absolutely. I believe anything is possible. Amen. I believe all things are possible to him who believes. But the sad truth is you can find hate everywhere. On your social media page, um, maybe at work tomorrow, maybe at Walmart, wherever you go, you're going to find hate everywhere around you. But as a believer, God is love. So what does that tell us? We as believers, in order to show actions, we should be exuding love. When people see you, they shouldn't immediately think, oh man, that, that, that man, that woman, they have a terrible attitude. They are so arrogant. They are so cocky. They are so whatever. No. When they see you, they should say, that person exudes love. There's something about that person that has love written all over it. I don't understand it. I'm not sure how it all happens. But, but there's love coming out of that person. Why? Because God is love. God is telling you and I today that you need to be showing that love in all aspects of, our, of your life. How many uh, remember the words or the bracelets back in the day? Maybe you saw them and didn't understand what they were. The WWJD bracelets, which stood for what would Jesus do? They were bracelets that the Christian community put out, I want to say in the early 90s, mid-90s. They were really popular back then, or even before that. And a lot of people would wear them. Um, and uh, it was a reminder to them of what, how they were to live their life. So, for example, if they came to a situation in their life, they would be reminded, well, what would Jesus do in this life or in this situation? And that's actually a good way to live your life. If you're faced with something in your, in your family, in your life, well, what would Jesus do? That nine times out of ten, that will answer your question right there, whether to go ahead and do that or not. Amen? These are things that we, you and I can do in terms of backing up our faith. Backing up our faith. Faith influences how we treat one another. Are we just nice to each other here in church and then we see each other on the street and don't even wave, don't even recognize, don't even represent, we just ignore that person? Hopefully not, God forbid. Faith influences how I treat my family, my spouse, my children, my church family. Faith influences how I treat my co-workers, even the ones I don't like, even the ones that are going to give me attitude tomorrow. And we all have those. 
Faith is the great influencer. Faith. Let me read another scripture to you found in Ephesians. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. This is the NIV version. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you've been joining us lately on our Zoom study, this is what we've been talking about. We've been studying the armor of God. And in this particular case, it's talking about taking up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. See, the shield of faith is what protects you and I. You raise it up. If you see an incoming arrow coming at you, they would raise it up like that. Spiritually speaking, if you see a spiritual attack coming your way, you raise up that shield of faith to protect you. You raise it up over here. You can move it there. You can move it down there. You have that shield of faith to take care of you. This is a shield of our beliefs, a shield of our convictions. The shield should be used every single day of your life. Now, here, here's the thing. We know that Paul the Apostle declared this. He said, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not by works, lest any man should boast. So, so the Apostle Paul on one hand said, it is your faith that saves you and, and faith alone. And the reason he said that was because he didn't want people out there saying, well, yeah, I, I gave my life to the Lord and, and, and it's because I also contribute, you know, $100 every, every week to the church or, or, or uh, because uh, I stayed and I prayed for three hours every day. And he didn't want people to be bragging about their, what they do. Amen. He, he wanted to reinforce that it's nothing you can do. It's faith alone that will save you. Yes. Amen. But yet, listen to this, and here's where I'm getting to the, the, the majority of my message here. The James, in the Bible, the half-brother of Jesus, hold up, wait a minute, you didn't know Jesus had brothers? Yes, he had brothers. If you want more reference on that, uh, just write this scripture down, you can look it up later, but it's Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 46. He had bro- It lists the names of his brothers, okay? But, but James, the brother of Jesus, talks about works in your life, the value, the importance of works in your life. See, he he came in and he said, yeah, I realize faith is important, but without works, it's dead. In fact, listen to this. I want to start off in in the first verse of James, the book of James, chapter 2, in verse 1. He said this, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Let me read that again. My brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, you must not show favoritism. That means you can't just love on certain people and the others, ah, I don't care about them. You have to love everybody. We as believers are not given that choice, nor should you want that choice. You should want and desire to love all people. Amen? We have to be equally loving. And, and I just want to continue on this thought real quick before I go into the actions. But this division, this racism, it, it's, um, it's gotten to the point in this country where we, 
people are so afraid to say certain things because it's not politically correct, right? Am I the only one? You know, you, people are afraid to, to say something because it might offend somebody, right? They're, I mean, from everything that's going on, but here, here's the thing. We all, if I, I'm talking to a diverse crowd here today, but I would dare say here, based on who I'm looking at, all of us have faced some sort of racism at one time or another. All of us here, at one time or another. I've shared stories with my family as a young boy in school, being faced with racism from teachers. It was incredible. I could tell you stories on that. Uh, in school, not to mention with my family, um, I could tell you stories just because of my skin color. Um, there, and, and so here's, here's my point in all this and bringing this up. You and I can go out right now and for a relatively low price, like my brother-in-law just recently did, purchase a DNA kit, right? How many are familiar with these 23andMe, Ancestry.com, and so forth? You can purchase these DNA kits and find out all about what kind of blood pulses through your veins, the, the ancestral traits that you have, and so forth. But I did mine a few years ago, and of course I discovered I was... I was 46% American Indian, and then I had like close to 30% uh, European. But what I also discovered was I had 6% North African. I'm a brother right here from North Africa. From I am, I, I mean, you can look it up. And I look back and I go, well, that explains why I always like Motown. That explains why I like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the Commodores, and, and all that style of music. I mean, I love that. To this day, I still love it. Now, I'm just being hilarious there, right? But my point in saying that is that all of us who go back and do a DNA test, you're not one single race. You're a mixture of races, every single one of you. I was, and, and all of us are a mixed descent. And here we are dividing. How crazy is that? What do you think God thinks of when he sees that? He thinks it's ridiculous. He thinks, I created you in my image. I created you especially because I love you. And here we are divided because some of us are darker. Some of us are lighter. Some of us speak differently. You know, some of us have a twang. Others don't. And God just looks down at us. How sad he must feel when he sees his children that he created dividing. Amen? Every one of us, again, are of mixed races. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Listen to this. In the NIV, it says it this way. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. Say that with me. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism... You sin. If you show favoritism, you sin. If you show favoritism, you sin. And are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Again, James here is reinforcing, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Don't show favoritism. You're breaking God's law. See, if our world could only grasp those words, I would tell you right now. If our world could only listen and and, and heed those words, how different this world would be. It goes on in that same chapter, chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. 
Here's where I want to get to. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, every one of us, every day of our lives, we see people out there with these signs, right there at the corner, at the stoplight, hungry, homeless, and I don't know about you, it does, it does tug on my heart, but uh, many of us know that some of these people, if you give them money, they're going to use it for something else, possibly. So I always feel bad for them, and, and I try to help out people when I can. We, we buy lunches for people or dinners for people when we go out, if we see somebody. But here, here's, here's what James is saying is, are you doing something when you see a need? Or are you just walking away and saying, well, that's their problem. God wants you to see the world how he sees it. You may not like that person. You may not know him or her. But can you be a blessing to them? That's what I'm asking you today. The word of God says, have you, have you reached out to them? Have you, have you done something about their physical needs? And then he goes on to say, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me ask you another question. Are you as a believer today, are you allowing your faith to be accompanied by works? Let me share something with you. Here we go. We were in Tahoe. We were in Tahoe just a couple of weeks ago, right? And uh, we got to see kayakers, canoers, and we were going to do that. And I saw a lot of this. And then... And then that, you know, going back and forth. You've seen those canoers with a, with a canoe with an oar like this. Well, this is faith. Now, faith works great. But imagine. If I put works to it. And then if I went out there. Martin's loving this, I can tell. And then I begin to go like this. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. You know why it works? Because faith works. Faith works. Faith alone. Amen. Go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap. Faith alone is great, but without works, it's empty, it's vain, it's vanity. You can say you're the most faithful person in the world. But without works, it's nothing. God is challenging us, you and I today, in this day and age that we live in. And I've got to save that for another illustration on another day. Amen, I like that. God is challenging us today to take our faith and back it up with actions. We have so many opportunities in our world today. 
yesterday I heard there was a person in Sacramento selling fireworks. And they got to pray for an individual that came up. They got to pray. There was an opportunity so that their faith could be used and put to action. That's faith and works. They prayed. They laid hands on this individual. Now, you and I can see the same thing and find those situations all around us. They're everywhere. Pray, God, open up my eyes so that I can see what you see. Have you prayed that before? I have. Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what you see, the hurts around me. And then when you see that hurt, you can go and pray for that person. Amen. Grab an oar. Grab an oar and begin to pray with faith and works. Faith and works. One of the greatest blessings again in life is when you know in your heart and soul that you are loving others without prejudice. When you can love one another and say, I have nothing against you, brother. I have nothing against you, sister. And you can love them without prejudice. That's the way God designed our world to to work. But unfortunately, the world system has polluted that. It no longer is that way. You see, the way you treat those in your home is the way that you are treating everybody in your life. How are you treating those in your home? Are you respecting them? Are you loving on them? Because that's how you're treating others outside your home. Think about that. As I close, if I can have Martin come up and as I close, there's three kinds of faith I want to mention to you. Three kinds of faith. There's religious faith. Everybody say religious faith. Religious faith is this. It talks. It talks, but it doesn't believe. It talks, but it doesn't believe. That's that's a person who has religious faith. I, I use that term religious. We don't want to be religious here. We want to have relationship here with Christ. We want to have relationship. Religious things are empty. Can I just say that to you right now? Religion is empty. Religion is man. It, it's, it's man ordained. Where a relationship is God ordained. So again, religious faith, it talks, but it doesn't believe. Secondly, Say this with me. Convenient faith. Convenient faith. Convenient faith. It believes, but it doesn't act. It's like, oh, I, I, I see that, but that's not my problem. I don't got to worry about that. It's like looking in the mirror in the morning when you get up tomorrow morning and just looking at it and say, I'm going to go on my day just like that. Now, I know none of you here would ever do that. But that's what you're doing. That's what convenient faith would be. And then the third kind of faith is living faith. It acts and believes. It acts and believes. It believes and acts. It believes and acts. It acts and believes. Faith is to be seen, not just heard. We have to begin to implement our faith in our daily walk. God wants us to be praying for this world right now. He wants each of you to be praying for this world, for this church. I mentioned last week that that I believe a revival, that our church needs a revival, the church at large needs a revival. But it starts with you and I living out our faith and our actions, being bridge builders, being loving to those around you. Amen? Our daily lives should be led by our faith, and our faith together with actions can change things. Amen? Can change things. Now, As I really close here, I've said the following times 
the following thing many times. Our church is so diverse and it's a slice of heaven of what heaven's going to look like. How many agree with me on that? Each of us should be proud of our heritage, where we came from, what our families brought, how maybe they came here from another country, what, whatever it was, you should be proud of that. But here's what I want to remind you of today. You know, and all of us here, whatever heritage that was in the back and what you represent, all of us here today are this. You are a Christian, number one. You are a believer, number one. So what that means, uh, what does that mean? I am a believer. I am a follower of Christ, number one. I am secondly, I'm Mexican-American. That's what I am. I'm not Mexican-American first. Mm -mm. God's called me to be a believer. I'm a believer. Amen. So what are you today? And how are you representing that today? Amen. God wants you to know that at the end of the day, you and I are believers. Everybody say that. I'm a believer. Amen. And there goes our mic. May our faith in God and in each other rise above the hate and the vision that is going on in this world today. Um, it just sickens me today to continue to see the things that are going on in our world. You, you can play right there. And so I want to, if you'll stand with me today, I just want to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to pray that God would help us with our faith, our works, and then we'll pray our blessing that we normally pray at the end of the service. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for faith. We thank you for what it represents. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us all a measure of faith. And in your word, you challenge us. You declare to us that you want us to grow, that you want us to take steps of faith so that our faith would be strengthened, our faith would be encouraged. I thank you what you've brought many of us out of, that we can look back and say, thank you, Lord. It is by faith I am saved. I thank you that I am no longer a partaker of this or that. And that is faith. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow in the area of actions. That, Lord, that we would walk by faith, not by sight. That, Lord, when we see a need, we would step up and begin to address that. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you today. And I ask you, Lord, today... Help me to be a blessing to those around me. I, I, Lord, I, I pray for forgiveness today going forward that you would remove any, any guilt that I may have had in the past for, for not following through on things I said I would do. Lord, I pray right now, give me eyes of faith. And Lord, let my faith work together with works every day. Faith and works, faith and works. So, Father, that we would see changes in this world, that I might be a blessing to those around me. Father, thank you for this day and for what you're doing and how you're speaking to me. And, Lord, I also pray a blessing upon each one here today. I pray for every family now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' wonderful name, God bless you all. Have a great Sunday. Amen? And let's go put that faith and works together. Amen. Amen. Oh, 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 oh.
Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.